0: Hi, I'm Liz Munoz, CEO of Torrid. And at Torrid, we know how hard it is to find a bra that looks great and feels super comfortable, especially if you're a bigger or curvy girl. So we have spent the last two years building the perfect everyday wire-free bra with the belief that it should feel as good as it looks. It gives all the support and shape you'll ever need without any of the wires. Honestly, it's the first bra you'll forget to take off when you go
1: to bed. So come to Torrid.com and try our life-changing wire-free bra today.
0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network, and of course, you know who I am. I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show, and today I am broadcasting from... Almost springtime, Atlanta, Georgia. So grateful that you have joined me from all over the world today. And no matter what time it is, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, it is the right time because I believe that your life will never ever be the same again. And in fact, that the Spirit of God has attracted you here. How are you doing today? I make I pray that you are making a decision. It is a decision to have and create a great day. Well, I am excited about the show. I'm going to get right to it. Uh, I am celebrating today my 12th year as the host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show, and my mentor and pastor, Pastor James Powers, is going to be interviewing me, y'all, I don't know what he's going to ask. I do know he said that he wanted to really talk about how I have have lived a spirit-led life that manifested success. So uh, y'all get ready. So yes, celebrating 12 years by the grace of God, uh, and one of my fan clubs, I have two, I didn't know it until they contacted me, uh, emailed me the president and wanted to know how could they bless me and what would be a great uh, donation or gift. Uh, for my anniversary. And I just came up with something. And uh, if you're interested in, in in blessing the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show, this may work for you. You know, I'm just a big proponent of blessing those who bless you, blessing that which blesses you. Uh, if I have inspired, motivated, uh, what else? And helped you to transform in any way. This is a great opportunity for you. Uh, like I said, to bless the Think, Believe and Manifest talk show. So what I told uh, my fan club was, let's come up with something simple. And of course, everybody can give what they desire. But I said, why don't we do 12 times 4? 12 which equates to the number of years that I've been doing the show. So it is 12 times four. Four is four four times a week. Now, four four weeks a month, not four times a week. I love y'all, but not that much. So it's uh, the dollar amount, 12 times four weeks. That's $48. If you want to um, give that or give that, I'm thanking you in advance. Or uh, another scenario that I gave them was 12 times 12, which will be $12 a month times the total amount of months per year, which would be 12, and that's 144 Or you may do like um, one other lady did. She blessed me. Uh, I'm blessed to think, believe, and manifest talk to you. She said, Constance, you're always giving and you help, you're helping me and I want to bless you. And you know, when I said I receive and uh, she made a very large uh, donation or a gift. So if you feel, feel led in your heart to To bless the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show, I'm going to say go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. You can choose the donate button, but a lot of people just use Cash App, and my Cash App name is dollar sign Constance Arnold. And I think that is it. Remember to follow me on social media. Some of y'all are not following me. I got so many listeners out there. Y'all better come on Instagram. Facebook and uh, Twitter. So on Instagram and Twitter is L O A Constance. On Facebook is Coach with Constance. Usually on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I go live. And on Instagram, I go live when I feel led. All right. And then you got to follow me on YouTube. You're going to subscribe to my YouTube channel and hit the notification button so that when we upload videos, you'll be notified. And I think that is it. I just want to thank you in advance uh, for allowing me to come in your heart, in your home every week and to bless your life and to, to change your life. It is certainly an honor. And I'm excited to hear what uh, Pastor James Powers is going to be saying, but he said that I was going to be doing most of the talking. So guys, open up your heart, open up your spirit and get ready. Uh, I'm going to go to these quick commercials and uh, we're going to be right back after that with my mentor and my pastor for decades, Pastor James Powers. Everybody stay tuned. Are you planning a motivational or training event for your company or organization? Look no further. Constance Arnold is an experienced, dynamic, and inspirational speaker and trainer. Constance has helped thousands and has a proven track record of 25 years as a keynote and leadership trainer for both private and public sector. Constance provides the latest cutting-edge breakthrough transformational principles that will align with your organization's vision. Participants will receive specific how-tos for both personal and professional empowerment. Contact Constance and partner with her to begin creating your next successful event. Her website is www.fulfillingyourpurpose.com and email is Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, everybody, I am back and I'm really excited today because today I am celebrating 12 years, that's right, you heard me correctly, of being the host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show, and I have with me my mentor, my pastor for decades, uh, Pastor James E. Powers, and he's going to be interviewing me today. I just got a piece of hair my He's going to be in, interviewing me today, and I'm excited about it, so I'm just going to bring him on in. Uh, pastor James Powers, welcome back to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.
1: And it's my joy. Congratulations to you on the occasion. And I want to say that although it's 12 years with the Think and Believe and Manifest show, you have a life experience of counseling and working with people by the thousand. So we are ready to celebrate you today and all the things they're going to learn about you and you're going to remember. Thank you. So I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, now. What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 620 shows 37,200 minutes 6,200 hours of prep prep you do a, at least 10 hours of prep a week for every show so i just want to say to you you ought to still be tired but <laughs> congratulations again
0: just yeah. listening to that is it, amazing So uh, I wanted uh, the person who knows me besides myself better than anybody to come on, and he's going to be interviewing me and uh, so you guys can get to know me a little differently. Uh, So I'm just going to let you take over.
1: Well, it is a pleasure of mine and a joy to listen to what is going to come from this extraordinarily gifted woman. And i 'm going to just begin to tell the audience, your listeners, how does this this 12 year journey begin
0: Boy, it began in a really difficult place. i'm sure you remember uh, I had the, I was right in the, I think it was two thousand eight I, I was in a what I felt like was a devastating breakup. I had fallen and broken my ankle. I had just moved into a new place. I was sitting in the parking lot of CVS. I can still see it in my mind. And I called you and the doctor said, "Constance, you can't put any weight on your foot for three months. You have to be on crutches and in a wheelchair. I sat in that parking lot and I called you and I said to you, I can't do this. And when I said that, I was saying I can't do life anymore. I don't know if you knew that or not. I I'm, like, that uh-huh. I'm like, uh huh. I'm like, I I can't do this. It was too much, you know. A relationship. I was disappointed in that and probably depressed. Went to the doctor. He said, uh uh-uh, uh, no wait. I'm thinking, how am I going to unpack? So sitting in my car with one of my legs out of my car. I remember, waiting for my prescription. I said, I can't do this anymore. And I was just thinking, this is too much. And you said to me, yes, you can. I said, no, I can't. We were going back and forth. You said, you can do this. I'm like, I can't do it. So it was in that parking lot that I had to make a decision. I can do this. I didn't know how. I didn't know. know, I'm too depressed to even do anything. But I remember I was able to drive my car from that CVS to my new home, I had to crawl up the steps because I had my new crutches. And and I believe that it was the spirit of God who gave me the courage to say that. So, okay, so here I am in my new home, on crutches, in a wheelchair, three levels. So I would keep myself on that third level, which was my bedroom. I was just lying in the bed and I was like, God, what is going on? I don't feel you, what's going on here? And I just want to say to listeners to show you how God will invade you. God loves to be with us, what we consider to be our low points, our low places. And Pastor Palos, I was just lying in bed, and I just got an intuition, a, a hunch that said, Law of Attraction Radio Network. I'm like, what? It, it wasn't that I heard a voice. But I acted on that and I called Jewish by the way, a shout out to Jules for all of these 12 years for everything you do in the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And I called her, I told her who I was, and that was the beginning of my story. Every week, I felt like the only thing that kept me going, I knew I had to do a live show on Sunday. So even though I was depressed not knowing where my future was, not knowing anything, I would scoot down to the third bottom level, I'd prop my foot up, and do my show. So right in the midst of devastation, the spirit invaded my life, and here I am today. I never would have dreamed that I would have the impact that I'm having and that my life would be what it is now. That's 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm
1: hearing you say out of adversity, a broken leg, ankle, a broken relationship that I saw you at one of the lowest Mm points. but you bloomed, Mm -hmm. there's blooming that comes out of adversity. So I just want to say, I see the past, but it has passed.
0: It has.
1: That's wonderful. And, 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 and,
0: And, you know, looking back on it, I don't even recognize I know that person, but who I am now is so different. There is no way that I could be who I am and be in that relationship or stay in that poor pitiful me place because of the transformation that's taken place on the inside of me. God used my show to heal me to save me, to help me. My show, every Sunday, that show is what kept me going. Mm
1: -hmm. You see, I want to ask, move from that for just a moment to say all of that, yes, I can, I can do this. That did not proceed. I can't do this. Now that 13-year-old, 8 to 13-year-old Constance Lane Arnold, Chattanooga, Tennessee. How do you describe who she was and what effect you think that period of time had on who you are now?
0: Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm a country girl, y'all. Um, chickens running around we lived on air property that means that everybody on the five acres that we all lived on my uncle my grandmother so it was a very friendly community i could go from house to house nobody doors was locked my father was like the patriarch of that community he was strong people came to him for advice he paid all of the taxes so i felt very free looking back on it was a paradise. Mm. To be quite honest, because it was air property, uh, nobody locked their doors. And the interesting thing is, there was a male that was the head of every household. So I grew up seeing strong males, and so my father was like the patriarch, and my mom was like the nurturer and the giver. So here I am, and my father used to have me to rehearse my Easter speeches. Over and over and over again, he saw something in me I didn't know that. He would make I felt like he was too hard on me. Say it again, Constance. While while everybody else was like reading and playing, excuse me, while everybody else was playing, I was reading. I'm like, how come I can't be out there with the other kids? So he saw something in me. Uh, My mother was loving and nurturing, so I was blessed to have both sides. So I believe that that period of time really subconsciously gave me a vision of who I was. I used to go in the backyard with the chickens and make my two brothers sit down. I would have a cucumber like my microphone, and I would be teaching them. And my, my, uh, my brother would say, Tell my mom, make Constant stop talking. And uh, looking back on that, God once again opened up my father's eyes to see who I was to prep me. Wow. And, And that really helped me to be who I was. This is the power of identity. My father used to call me pretty girl. And I didn't realize the power of words at the time. And even though I went through my teenage challenges, those words helped me subconsciously to stand in that, not just pretty, but smart girl. So those Mm -hmm. two words were kind of like vibrating in me. So I feel like that really helped me to be who I am right now.
1: So when I went through the list of all the shows and all the hours and all of the things, they were being made by a mom and a dad in a community in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And now the people around the world are listening to your story and will tell their people that they don't. So I'm hearing the 13-year-old, I'm hearing the eight-year-old, I'm hearing that young lady who in her school days may not at times have gotten the same level of attention that others, but you saw. Yeah, my father said he
0: named me Constance because it meant consistency. I didn't know why he, he said that means consistency. He said, so don't, don't ever let anybody call you Connie. Wow. hmm So he said, just like Abraham, when they would say Abraham, father of many nations, is that what, that, he said mm-hmm. every time they say Constance, I want you to hear consistency, consistency. Mm-hmm.
1: It's amazing. Not only was he a father, it sounds like he was your, he was a, you were being discipled by him, mm-hmm. the power of coaching, discipling, and it's coming
0: out. Yeah. So so doing the, the 12 years that I've done this show, subconsciously, that's been my foundation. That mm-hmm. and my re- knowing that the spirit, God would intervene in my life. He's in me. He's for me. He's there to help me, even when I don't feel it.
1: You described what you, what your father was saying about you and the rest of the people in the neighborhood had an image of you, I'm sure. But how do you see yourself dealing with the disappointments at those early ages of your life? Do you think for some reason that maybe the reason you made a great change in saying I don't need this relationship because you were learning how to deal with disappointments and your fears and and all of those Mm -hmm. things that you couldn't see. How
0: do you see that making you? I feel like it's something in me that even in the midst of disappointment, sadness, I don't know how, I'll cry and go to sleep. But then when I get up, there's something in my mind, the spirit that says, just put one foot in front of the other. Just take one next step. And I think that's why in my coaching, I talk a lot about baby steps. You don't have to know everything. And so that, just take one step. You don't have to know everything. Uh, and acknowledgement of, go ahead and feel what you feel. Feel sad. Go ahead and cry, feel a little depressed, feel disappointment, but don't let that define you. By the grace of God, I've I've always been able to move beyond my disappointments, not saying that they were not painful, not saying that I didn't feel betrayed, but I knew all I had to take was that next step. I could do that. Now, I might cry again the next night, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to take two steps and then three. And then four, and that's how I feel like I have moved beyond so many disappointments, so many betrayals, so many what people would call failures. I see it so differently now, but that's how I move it, by taking that next step, even though I'm scared a lot of times. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So you know how to deal with fear, not let fear control you.
0: I I do. I, and I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know if you remember or not, but I used to have a hundred women at my home, naked and unashamed. Remember that I would have a luncheon with, and somebody asked me, Aren't you afraid that people are not going to show up? And I said back to her, I'm remembering the conversation, uh, I said, I think that my faith and my expectation, even though I'm fearful, that my faith and expectation that women would come is just a little bit higher than that. Not a lot higher, but just, just a, maybe a baby step higher. And so with fear, I'm doing a lot of changes now in my life. I think that I just do it anyway, even though I might be afraid.
1: You may support here about the idea of not letting fear control you. Is, the, is it possible that built on your spiritual hard drive is the knowledge that the image you have of where you're going overpower the fears that try to work, mitigate against that?
0: The image that I have pulls me. It's like a magnet. It mm. pulls me and it almost helps to dissipate or dilute my fears. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they're there. I feel them, but my image is so big and so powerful. It's just pulling me. Maybe my Ooh. knees are shaking while I'm being pulled. I think vision, when it's strong and solid, can pull you beyond fear. I'm going to say through fear.
1: When you said it was pulling you, I saw a two-level two force. You have been pulled, and it's projected to you
0: yeah that's it. working
1: both it's like when it's the word say goodness and mercy is following you
0: mm-hmm.
1: you will being both you've been both projected and pulled by so the force you said several times something and when we were talking about the show you said the emphasis is on the power of what the spirit has done in my
0: life yeah
1: yeah and i just want to acknowledge that you painted a picture of the blooming constance the blooming constance and how she over overcame things that most people would. Is there a singular important thing that you said I just never could believe I would have overcome this? Oh,
0: I I, I I would say I, I would say I, I would have never believed that I would have overcome my insecurities. I always there was some level of me that felt not good enough, not pretty enough, not smart enough, not not enough. Who I am is not enough. I have to be something else. I have to perform. I have to I, I have to be performance based. And I live like that for decades. It's exhausting <laughs> hmm. because so, it, it wasn't my authentic self. Go ahead.
1: What does performance based behavior look like?
0: Uh, you gotta be smart. Uh, you gotta always be on top of things. If somebody asks you, "What's going on?" Oh, life is great. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's like fake. It's outside. It's not authentically who you are. It's like you feel like you gotta be this way so that people will approve of you, validate you. I was a big people pleaser uh, so that I would be accepted because. All of that was outside of me. So Ooh. I never would have believed that I could be secure just with who I am and where I am from the inside. So what the Spirit has taught me or, and is teaching me is it's not outside, it consciousness it's inside. And Ooh. that who I am right now, as we are recording this show, is enough does that mean i'm perfect absolutely not does that mean i don't have some stuff i need to deal with absolutely not but who i am the value and the worth that god sees in me i that has made me really secure at this Mm -hmm. very moment that who i am and where i am is enough when i need more the spirit will give me more but i will not devalue and not honor who I am. And so that has really dissipated my insecurities.
1: Excellent. I think I mentioned, you mentioned once about something that was very profoundly impacting to me uh, because it had some similarities to uh, experience mm-hmm. I had. When you got ready to leave high school and you see other people getting ready to go to college and mm-hmm. somehow or another, maybe some of the people there may not have decided, you know, I need, we need to go and talk to Constance about going to college. And you tell the story about how you got over it through that process. I think Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful
0: story. Would you share that? Right. Um, So I lived in the country, y'all, and so my father had to pay tuition for me to go to the city school, Riverside High School. So I went there in the 11th and 12th grade, so that means I didn't grow up with a lot of people in that school. But I became really friends, great friends with a a young lady named Recy Page. Recy was the smartest person in the school. It was a large school, and I always envied her, admired her, and kind of like took a second seat in my thinking around who I was and what I could be doing him. My father, they didn't know anything about school. I don't remember um, the career counselor even uh, talking to me about going to school and thinking back on it. It was the spirit that just, when I say that, it, it, it ladies and gentlemen, it's not that I heard a voice, but it was like I just had a little hunch like, tennessee state university because i don't even think i had applied for a school i didn't know what to do i think i was more looking at when maybe i go to a community college uh, but tennessee state university i knew that was in nashville and so i began to apply it was last minute past the powers and and i got in and my friend Reese page uh, you know, we were just like glue you didn't see one without the other, and I always thought she would be the one to just go and do these great and awesome things, but she did not. She chose to stay in Chattanooga. she got married and and she passed with the birth of her twins, and the spirit has often reminded me. I'm always guiding you, Constance, because I would have never even thought of Tennessee State University. I mean, I, they used to call it the party school, and I'm like, okay, I knew they had a great marching band and a great football team, but once again, that was that spirit involvement. So I went to Tennessee State University, and even while there, when I graduated, I start feeling some kind of way for listeners and I started thinking about Atlanta Atlanta I need to be in Atlanta I'm supposed to go in Atlanta Atlanta this so then I applied to Delta Airlines I'm like I'm going to live in Atlanta Delta Airlines is based there I'm going to be an international flight attendant I came down here in all of my glory and they said absolutely unequivocally no I was mm. so hurt went back to Nashville But then I I took the graduate record exam and I came to Clark uh, Atlanta University and once again came here, didn't know how. My daddy said, Constance, I don't have the money to put you in grad school, but I came here in faith and I went to the comptroller's office. He said, "Miss Lane, that was my maiden name, you don't have enough money to get in grad school. I'm like, what? He said, "You need X number of thousands of dollars." And I was walking in downtown Atlanta. Once again, the spirit said, "Go in that bank." I went in that bank. I told the guy what I needed. I left out of there with all the money that I needed. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying to the listeners, I'm not special. I am, but so are you. And. This is once again me getting a little hunches. When I took the check back, the comptroller said, Boy, you're a woman of faith. I didn't believe you were gonna get this money, Miss Lane. That's what he called me. And I often reflect back on that. And then the last part of the story is I was I went to Atlanta University, which is when you where you went. I went to Atlanta University, which is grad school for all my international listeners. I'm standing in line. My undergrad is in business. So I'm getting an MBA, a master's in business administration. I'm standing in line. I can still, and something in the spirit in me said, get out of that line and go over there and get in the educational line. And I said, it ain't no money in counseling. (laughs) That's what I said. Because, you know, if you were black, a female MBA, that was it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But I got out of that line. I went and talked to my um, department chair, and he was like, what are you doing? Do you know who you are? Look at your grades. But that was, once again, like you said, the spirit projecting me. I I got out of that line reluctantly and got my master's in counseling. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: (laughs) And the rest of the story you own this 12th anniversary and all the other thousands of people across Mm -hmm. the state of Georgia and around the United States. That decision, I like to be able to say when people talk about uh, spirit speaking, there is a profound knowingness that shows up in you and you can't argue with it. That's what the spirit does.
0: Yeah, you put that- A
1: profound knowingness, yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, Each time I hear that story, it reminds me of how things happen. When you get ready to change in your life, what makes you know? You've given these people a lot of changes where they may have been afraid. What makes you know?
0: That it's time for a change.
1: It's time for a change.
0: Like you said, it's like a knowing. It might be cumulative. Like if you're working on a job and you're like, you used to be really happy and satisfied and feel passionate about it. But you're feeling like there's something more. There's Mm. something different. Mm. There's something higher in me. I'm not using my skills or talent. So I think you become a little bit... um, not satisfied you start thinking differently Mm. uh a a great example of that would be for me when i was working at the school system and then i went to europe for 15 days with erica Mm. bell you remember erica erica bell and um oh we went to the south of france we went to nice we were drinking wine having a good time so here i am in paris not even being whatever, what some people say, spiritual, but I was watching people, they were living their lives, they were happy, they were carefree, they were drinking wine, eating, carrying the bread, the children were happy. And I said, it's time for me to leave my job and start creating the life that I desire. So I got on, I got up my calling card. Yeah, that was back in the day, going back old school. I got up my calling card and I called Pastor Powers and I said, I'm getting ready to quit my job. (laughs) And start my own business. And I don't know what he said, but it was something like, no, you ain't without a plan. I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) But that's a great example of a knowing when it's time for a change. You know, it's not working. You know that there's more. And even though it took me four years to walk that out, hallelujah, thanks to uh, James Powers helping me to get a plan. That seed of it's a different season was planted in me by the Spirit walking the streets of Paris. Wow. Mm-hmm. down the
1: Champs-Élysées.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it like you, but whatever. <laughs> and so for listeners, God is no respective person. I wasn't praying. I wasn't meditating. I was living life probably in the now. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, a lot of people are listening. Yeah. I want you to see a 15-year-old girl, a 25-year-old girl. You've been a 15 year old girl and a 25-year-old lady. And they said, I want to be like you. Mm-hmm. How would What is what one of the most powerful statements you can make to the 15-year-old? You probably already said some of it. And what would you say to that 25-year-old person and older? To a
0: 15-year-old, I would say... Study, have fun, listen to your parents, and know that your identity, that who you are is being shaped Mm. and formed. Um, Be close to your peers, but allow the wisdom of your parents or a mentor really begin to shape you. To that fifteen year old when I was fifteen year old they used to call me Oliver because I was tall and skinny, and I realized how how image, especially for girls, is so important and and I would say to you to know that who you are, the way that you look for boys, that it's okay to be smart uh it's okay to to not know everything and I would say Be joyful and have fun in your life for where you are right now. That's Mm. what I would say to that 15-year-old. For that Mm 25-year-old and older, I would say allow yourself to evolve. You don't have to know what you're supposed to do at 25 or older. Many times just because you get a degree in something doesn't mean that that's really who you are. So allow allow yourself to evolve, to explore your life, to uncover who you really are and what you really love. I would say know that the spirit is there working with you and for you. Uh, Listen to wise counsel. I think at 25, couldn't nobody tell me nothing, and that was my problem. Mm. Yeah, I thought Mm. I knew a lot. I mean, I would listen, but, you know, the wisdom that's stored up for you. The Bible says God lays up wisdom for the just. There is so much wisdom for you at 25. I always say in my coaching, a coach can tell you in 20 minutes what it took her 20 years. Mm. So get that wisdom And begin to allow yourself Mm. to discover, uncover, explore authentically who you are, knowing Mm. that God is with you. Excellent.
1: I'm going to go to another area here.
0: Do I need to take a drink of water?
1: (laughs) You can. (laughs) You you can for this one (laughs) here.
0: Oh, Lord. No wine but water. Okay. (laughs) I'm ready
1: after you've been married for 2 years what will your husband know about you after those 2 years
0: my husband will know that the core of who i am is simple i like the simple things in life like walking early in the morning looking at a sunrise or a sunset reading that I am really quiet, mm. even though my professional life is very public. That I'm sort of quiet and laid back and sort of chilled, and that a part of me is still like a little girl, even though I'm a grown woman. That the you know that little innocent naive. Um, still needs nurturing, love, and affection is is who I am. Mm. Not what you see on the outside, you know, which sometimes is uh, speaking, training, touching the world. That's who I am. But but behind closed doors, or I would say the other part of me, that's what he'll know, that I'm really kind of quiet, very simple, uh I would say very centered, very centered spiritually, and uh, I, I would say that's it because it's so interesting when people see me on the outside, they're like, wow, Miss Constance, I want to live your life. It's so exciting, and I say to them, success is very routine. You get up, you drink extra water, <laughs> you, mm. you do things consistently, like my dad said. you know Constance means consistency and but you do have those really outside moments of what some people call glamour and all of that but But success is very routine it 's very strategic it 's systematic, but that 's what he will know about me, and lastly, how sweet I am. <laughs> I know that. Now,
1: here's <laughs> one that I think he would have discovered or should have discovered before. What is it? That you are not the person to be chased after because of what you do. Mm-hmm. He has to know who you are.
0: Ooh, how come I didn't say that? That is nothing but the truth. That is so true. Why did you say that?
1: Because I was sitting looking at him and been around long enough to say, I don't want him to have to have all those things. He can have a lot of things. He can Mm -hmm. be high on the line of what they do. They can see you doing radio shows and traveling around, and since he's not fulfilled, he wants to chase after what you do and miss the inside lady.
0: That's profound. And and you told me that in my last big relationship. Remember that? And let me just say to the listeners, when I did have that breakup, the spirit has spoken to me. I was driving on 285. That's like a it, it's like a, circle. a a circle that goes around the ATM. And when, he and I were having a conversation. And after that conversation, Pastor, I knew I said, something not right. But my outside, not something the spirit, I want to clarify that, but my outside said, no, nah, Constance, how will you ever attract somebody that good looking, that smart, you know, all of that. But I knew. But Pastor Power, that's why, ladies, it's good to have a man that's covering you that can kind of see. My daddy used to say, "It take a, a man knows another man. But Pastor Power said to me, I'm paraphrasing. I think he's more in love with you for your performance or, or not who you are, but what you do, right? Is that? Am I paraphrasing that right? It, 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 he, he, see, he see you being with him to dress him up. Oh, yeah. We ain't had oh, see, some, men, <laughs> yeah, some 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 men or uh, women or otherwise,
1: they need somebody else to dress them up so, they could look like they want to
0: look and forget mm. about who you are. And once again, that was the involvement of the Spirit. And you know, I guess one of the key things that I'm feeling, Pastor Powers, is that God wants to get involved in all areas of our yeah. lives. Absolutely. And Absolutely. guide us, and lead us, and direct us to live our best life. And, and I knew that deep in my heart. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the spirit is always speaking to us and wants to get involved, even in what we consider to be the low places of our being.
1: And without saying what he would discover about you, say to the audience and your listeners, this is what I hope he will in those two years, have discovered about me. Now, if I'm around, I'll, I'll make sure that he knew a lot of that before. You get that, but what would you want him to know at the fundamental
0: level about you? At the fundamental level about me, that I'm spiritual, feel like that I have a purpose, that I'm global in my thinking, that I feel that my life, um, that my talents, gifts, and skills that God gave them to me to really serve humanity. Mm. That I love to travel and explore cultures. And just the simplicity of who I am.
1: Excellent. And I will say that don't dare go to the audience, to the altar, and look to find a, a woman I need a, I need a woman. I need to find a divinely inspired companion.
0: That is so true.
1: Because a lot of people, I, he's not, she's not just looking for a man. She's looking for a divinely inspired leader, sharer, mm-hmm. and somebody who's willing to serve you un, un, unbelievably so. So that's so does that it. mean
0: uh, making my green drinks for me and cooking? Uh,
1: <laughs> well, I would prefer that you get your drinks as long as he's gonna be nice. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you I know, like for him, I like for him to do both.
0: Well, you know something else just came up, and for him to know that I'm an inside out kind of girl that I understand that life. Um, that everything is already done. And so in our marriage, everything would be inside and then it would be out picturing on the outside. So when circumstances, whatever comes up, I'm inside first. I think that that's one of the major things that the Spirit has taught me over these um, 12 years. You always say creation begins in two places. Mm-hmm. Remember, you say that it's inside and then it's outside.
1: And I'm hopeful. That when uh, he gets there, I want him to be able to know your, your debit card code, that he can put that card any place in you and know you and not want to take advantage of what he sees.
0: Oh, that's profound. What does that mean?
1: That, that, uh, well, when you go to the bank, you're not going to give anybody a card. Yeah. You know what's in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if he's in there just searching around to see what he can find, Mm-hmm. He doesn't need. It. He doesn't need your code. That's true. Yeah. Let's look at one other thing here. I okay. want you to look in the rearview mirror.
0: The rearview mirror. Okay.
1: And look at the major, some major areas of your life. And is there anything you look back and say, "I would like to have changed that"?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And why would you think you need to change it?
0: I would like to have changed my perception of my self-worth, wow. my value, my uh, the, the, the valuable and rich deposit of who I am as a human being, as a child of God. Because my value was always outside, as I said earlier. Uh, It was never inside. So when I look back, even sometimes in relationships, when I see where I stayed too long because of how I did not value and honor myself or even in certain positions. When I worked at IBM, I knew, I'm like, girl, what are you doing here? This is beneath you. But my image, you talk about image a lot, my image and my perception and my value and my worth of who I was, I just mm-hmm. didn't know it. And so over the years, the spirit has really, I would say, tattooed on my subconscious a image and a value of who I am without even performing. Excellent. I mean, you've mm-hmm. seen me perform. Before. I mean, you we've talked about that in some of our coaching counseling sessions over the years where you saw me where I was performance-based and all of that because I didn't and know my you, own value.
1: And the reason what you just said, I, that's one for the – all of us, this is a keeper, but that one is definitely a keeper because if we, if you choose to allow someone else to make a demand on the deposit they want to be in you, Mm -hmm. to make you that person, that person will then be controlling how you live your life. You're saying, if I could have changed, I would have known who I was first and let everybody have to respond to that person.
0: This is so good. (laughs) I'm going to listen to it myself. Hey, we need two shows for this. we got about 10 minutes left. Okay. And um, it's making me really go deep and delve deeply and look at how God has always been involved and present Mm -hmm. in my life.
1: If someone was going to look at you and say, you know what, boy, Miss Constance, we knew that. Give us a view of Constance as a person who you think and know is successful. What what does that mean? What does that picture look like? A successful, constant lay on.
0: I would say, using my skills, gifts, and talents to serve humanity with solutions. It would be being spiritually centered and connected to God. Uh, it would be uh, living in a vibration of. Unlimited possibilities like what's next or I can do that or what about the possibilities of this or always exploring new possibilities, not letting age or, or, or my gender define mm. what I can do and or be. It would be fun and laughter and light, lightness. And, uh, and just really connecting and having a lot of love and support in my life. To me, that's what success would look like. And, of mm. course, being healthy. Yeah. I do want to run a marathon. <laughs> that's one thing. Uh huh. I want to walk or run a, ha- a marathon. I'm going to start with a half. I've done almost a half, but I'm going to do that. So that's, that's, to me, what success would look like. And travel, yeah. connecting with people globally.
1: And, it, and the emphasis I heard is have being, having success with self. Yeah, that's great. Now, couple of one question: um, What do you see in the next five years? What does it look like in your image mind? What does it look like in my image mind going forward for you?
0: In my image mind, you know, you helped me with the change in 2020. Remember when everything went global? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was like "Well, everything went virtual mm-hmm. and you were like I'm like I'm used to people flying in you know I was used to that in person but I would say possibly living in two places Atlanta and then possibly Europe having two places to live writing a book uh, reaching out to people on a on a probably a massive scale virtually Um you know, bringing solutions and how-tos, you know, to the lives of people, maybe coaching and mentoring people in larger groups. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say uh, it would look like, you know, connecting deeper, you know, with God in my life, living mm-hmm. a healthy lifestyle. And and, and I'm going to say even manifesting, I don't know if it's quickly, but because I've been so immersed. Em- 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 immersed, I got that out, uh, mm-hmm. into the principles and the laws of the universe, being able to manifest, you know, really quickly. It's kind of like my inside, my inside consciousness would be so solid that if I just thought about something, mm. it could happen like that because I am, in fact, God in the earth.
1: You are, with success, we talked a very successful life coach, and to me, I could say a very successful human being. Mm-hmm. That's someone who's seen to you, the role you were playing was in all of us. We all play on the theater of life, but there's a successful human being is a person who's learned to play themselves. Mm-hmm. So because I see you as a very successful coach and a very successful human being, I'd like to know. During the course of your living, what made all of this? What made, what has made you both a successful coach and a successful human being? And that mm-hmm. the audience are listening to see can they adopt some of what you have to say principally?
0: Yeah, I would say my my parents, you know, my upbringing foundationally, and so you may say, Constance, my parents. We're not there for me. Uh, but what you don't get in the natural, God to give you in the spirit. I would say you, James Powers, because you've been in my life for decades, supporting, coaching, counseling, giving me wisdom. So having a coach or a mentor in your life is really important, has made me. I, I would say my, my vision. I always have vision for something. Mm. And the fact that I know how to baby step that vision out, like now I'm creating a membership and subscriber site. I don't know all of the ins and outs of that, but I am walking that out because God just downloaded me to begin to do that. I would also say knowing that I, I need people, I need support relationships and people like you to speak into my life. Mm. And, um, And I guess lastly, I'm going to say would be forgiving myself and not being, not allowing that self-critic or that uh, condemning kind of person, but actually celebrating my life and celebrating everything like I'm doing here. And, um, extracting from what I perceived as mistakes. I don't believe in mistakes anymore, but when something doesn't work, what can I extract from that? What can I extract from 2020 that's going to take me to next level living? That kind of thinking, and to just kind of like know how to be in the now. That would be, you taught me that, living in the now, being in the now, celebrating the night and just living in radical gratitude. I would say that would define.
1: Excellent. Well, practicing the presence of the spirit is, the, is my mantra. But yeah. to hear you say to the people how you ought to forgive yourself. Another yeah. way of doing it is I give everyone permission including myself to let my other self off the hook. Ooh, that's good. If you have a fish, you've got the fish on the end of the hook, you got two things. Either you're going to take him off, mm-hmm. if you're afraid of doing that, or if you're going to try to throw him back and throw the whole reel and rod back. When you take the fish off the hook, it frees the fish, and it frees you to keep your new, brand new reel and rod. So let you, and let us let ourselves off the hook, the old us. It's been a marvelous opportunity to hear the inside out of you. So, we,
0: we got about three minutes. What do you see in me? you my mentor and my parents. What do you see?
1: A level of warm, or a level of approaching. It's like Mount Everest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your Mount Everest experience is to totally demonstrate your authenticity.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so when you get up there on the top and throw both hands up and do like this both hands up you're saying I have touched the authenticity of who God made me to be and I don't have to change that for anyone I see you constantly what you've done today on the show makes you authentic the book you the subject you did one time uh,
0: naked and unafraid naked and unashamed and unashamed. the shame, shame.
1: Yeah. And if that's the, you can stand in the middle of all the things you didn't feel good by, about, and it not makes you shame. You've arrived to a new place. So that's okay. how I see you arrived and arriving. Mm.
0: Well, thank you so much, uh, James Powers. I really appreciate you. And, um, For all my listeners, thank you for being um, so supportive over my 12 years. I am radically grateful that you opened up your heart and your home, you know, and your ears and and, and your um, iPhone, however you listen to me every week. I'm honored uh, to come into your life every week, and I'm very grateful.
1: And may I say, sin conscious, a happy Happy 12th anniversary. Shout out. But send her something that you want to challenge her with, because whatever you send to other people to challenge them with, it returns to you to challenge you. So again, congratulations on all of those 1,000 hours and minutes of time. (laughs) And I congratulate you again.
0: Thank you so much. Well, everybody, uh, as I say every week, my mantra for uh, 2021 is uh, get happy, stay happy, be happy, and see what happens. Uh, Make a decision to have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Powers. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance
1: Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com. So we're sitting here with Bruce Springsteen. It's good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you also.
0: We come from such different places. It turns out there's a lot of overlap. Renegades, born in the USA. A new Spotify original podcast from higher ground. Listen
1: free only on Spotify.